Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode 174 of Geek Town Radio. Back this week, I'm your host Dave and I have with me Matt. Geek How you doing? Hey David, how are you doing? I'm alright, how are you? I was uh, ill over the weekend, I still have got some of it <laughs> left uh, and I've got an ulcer. So, uh, <laughs> Brilliant! Yeah, yeah, Going well then. kind of happened at the same time, but I'm feeling uh, weirdly better on a Monday, which is... Uh, yes! Not yes. usually what happens, but um, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. <laughs> Good. So, uh, what what have you been doing? I know what one game you've been playing because I've been playing it incessantly as well. <laughs> yeah, we've got a couple of similar things on here. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll talk about the the ones that I've got individually. I remember was it Gray last week talked about Paradise PD. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I finished the first season and it's kind of like if you took the craziness from Rick and Morty and made it like south park-esque but then had it set in like a police station <laughs> okay so it's like so it's like crazy and like over the top rude and it has like police cases in it it also has uh the talking dog so you can't that, go wrong with the talking dog piece, a piece from family guy maybe yeah yeah and all the characters are always like you know drugs and drinking and more specifically the dog does that because he's the sniffer dog yes i was gonna say i could see where they're yeah. going with that yeah and I they, like they that. make some jokes out of that it, it was good i could see how it could improve with the season two because some, sometimes you have to do that with a new show if, if something's yeah, in they, season they find one their you feet have to a bit, yeah you have to like, you know, g- give it the feedback or whatever from things they could do better or worse. And then you come back with a stronger second season. But I, I liked it overall. It's nice and short as well. It's one of them sort of, I think, 10 episode, 30 minute comedies. Yeah. The season finale itself was really, really good. They actually went into a bit more story because there is a couple of episodes in there that are just plain like crazy yeah. and stuff and don't really contribute to the plot as much. Yeah. But they sort of started off with something and then dropped it a little bit and then brought it back. And then they sort of concluded. So I'll, I'll see what they do with the second season, but um, it was all right. It was a nice sort of fun, crazy sort of thing to watch. So yes. that was okay. I will go and watch that at some point because it looked interesting and I, it's on my list. I just haven't got to it yet. I've only seen about half of the first episode of Iron Fist season two. Right. So I haven't got too much to say there, but I was happy with what I saw so far. Yeah. Um, I didn't have as many problems with the first season as what some other people did. But if they, no. if from what I hear that it's a lot better with the second season than 
Cool, fair enough. But no, I'm still interested in the world and the characters and what they seem to be doing from the start. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, the second season for me, because I've now finished the second season, it's only 10 episodes. It's not 13 yeah. this time around, which I, I think has helped it, actually. It's well put together. It's definitely better than the first season. I'm kind of like you. I didn't have as many problems with that first season as some people did. Starts off a little slow, but it does pick up and things like the fight sequences, it infinitely better than they were the first time around so they've managed to sort that out the storyline i think is better leaves it in a very interesting place as well i won't go into that obviously because i know people mm-hmm. are still watching it but uh yeah it does leave things in a very interesting place at the end so um yeah i'm intrigued to see what they do with the third season it's got a it's weird the final episode almost ends halfway through because if you know anything about how they write kind of movies and TV shows, you, you sort of have, you know, act one, act two, act three, act four, whatever it is, five acts. And then and then you have a sort of coda at the end, which is where they sort of the story's kind of finished, but they're wrapping things up. And th- almost the last sort of half of that final episode is a coda, which is sort of wrapping things up and setting things up for the third season. So okay. it's there's half an hour of, of that. I thought that was kind of interesting. They they did a really good job with it, though. I think it's it's vastly superior to the first one. And like I say, I didn't have that many problems with the first one either. So I didn't write it down here, but I'll quickly talk about it. Uh, Bojack Horseman season five. I started yesterday. Yeah, I'm about just over halfway through the season because I watched quite a bit yesterday. Um, I really like what they've taken from season four and actually put into this season and like built off of it with with new things as well and just kind of what they're doing with Bojack and having him interact with some new characters and how they're kind of fitting in with, with old characters as well. And like one of the series original characters, I think her name is Diane, like what she's going through and it all sort of connects together a bit more than what sort of some of the, the older seasons tended to do. Yeah. Um, I like what they're doing so far and I can see it going in a, in a good direction. Of course, I don't know that for certain. I haven't finished the season, but I, I'm quite impressed with, with what they managed to do so far. And it's, it's a bit more based around Bojack actually getting into doing TV Right. which was kind of the origin story of the yeah, character because yeah. he used to do the show called Horse and Around. Um, yeah. And now he's getting back into TV with new and old characters. So um, I'm impressed with what they're doing with that so far. Good. The other two, last two things I have, uh, two films. First one, The Spy Who Dumped Me, is um, about two characters played by Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon. Yes. And they essentially get uh, wrapped up in a spy plot. They're not spies themselves, hence, you know, yes. the person who dumped her is the spy and he's involved with that and then he gets them involved um and the spy itself is played by uh, justin roland of um the leftovers uh kevin garvey so it it was i I didn't know he was in the film to begin with i didn't really pay attention to casting and that sort of thing so he was a nice sort of third addition because i knew the two girls were going to be in it obviously but he was a nice kind of addition as well and yeah it's just kind of a a, a buddy team up you can't really call it a cop or a spy team up because they're not those things uh it's more of just a female comedy team up film the bad thing is that I had the whole cinema to myself so it looks like the <laughs> film isn't doing quite so well which is a shame because it ended in 
an interesting way where like you could end it there or you could make another one and I'd like another one just you know for more fun stuff from those two characters but they did a very good job with it and what I was going into the film for which was the chemistry between the two and how they with the situations they're in uh, played out very well as well so I, I was I was happy with that but I'm one of the few people that apparently was so um, yeah we'll see how the film gets on uh, and then the last thing from my side is called Searching it's basically and this is totally different category of film it's much more serious and intense and stuff and there were people in the cinema for this one as well um, <laughs> basically about this uh, father his daughter goes missing and he has to without spoiling much I'll basically just say that he has to find her and things get very intense and it uses uh, found footage film and like laptop screen capture footage okay. and there's uh, what one of the really impressive things they do with the film is um, when the dad's because the dad of course is doing everything he can like searching through Skype and Facebook and Instagram and Google Maps and cameras that he can find and the police and what they can provide so he's using all of his resources available and it does do it does do a good job of tying that into like modern tech yeah. uh, and tying Instagram profiles to other Facebook profiles and that, that sort of thing but what they do really well is like when they show you a particular reveal the dad because you assume that's the, the dad looking on the computer they'll kind of literally stop for a minute and then you'll know at that point you'll be like okay, I'm being shown something here some sort of reveal and then they'll play like a slow bit of music and then you you see the reveal yourself nothing is like said or anything until the father reacts afterwards like depending right, okay. on what the situation is yeah and then there's certain bits later on in the film of course i won't spoil anything where like uh you see some photos and some things that are side by side that help reveal with something else it is really really good with the tools it has and what it tries to do but yeah the most powerful thing i'm trying to get out there it has is just pausing for a minute or two and letting you sort of figure something out and then once you have you think oh my god God, I can't believe that that just got revealed. So very good job they did with that. Yeah. I was very happy. So. Really, really, I've not seen it. It's it's probably one I'll catch when it comes to, uh, you know, home video and stuff. But it's yeah. uh, it, it does look kind of interesting, sort of the entire thing shot sort of from the point of view of the computer screens and the smartphones and yeah. and that sort of stuff. It's a really interesting idea. John Cho and Deborah Messing at the Z Stars on that. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's one of them things where like, don't look at your phone when you're on the, when you're watching this. You've yes. really got to like, especially with like smaller reveals that are not quite as big as some of the other ones. Yeah, you've got to pay attention, otherwise you'll lose the plot a little bit. So yeah, really good. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I mean, uh, Iron Fist we talked about. Atypical is the other thing on Netflix that we've been watching, which I know you've been watching as well. I'm not that far into it. I'm only a few episodes in at okay. this point. So the opposite um, with that, I finished the season. <laughs> yeah, well, I, so. I watched Iron Fist first and then sort of went on to Atypical uh, afterwards. So uh, so okay. it. I've, and then I've got to go on to Ozark, which I haven't finished watching yet. But, I'm still uh, in the first season. So much TV, uh, so much yes, option. It's yes, a lot, lot of stuff kind of dumped onto Netflix <laughs> at the same time. So, But I'm loving Atypical. It's, I, it's I like a the really fa- good second season. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. They kind of move things on. The lead's kind of growing up, but not really growing up. And he's sort of having to deal with change and... Uh, and choices. And, yeah, choices yeah. and these parents are being separated and this possibility that he may that he's going to go off to college and so there's a lot of things that are sort of starting to come up and uh, I it's just wonderfully written they play it so well 
and it's just really interesting funny well-written thing about a kid with autism and how he's sort of dealing with his life but it's so well done i think one of the strengths of this of this second season is the way they literally not separate the characters but put them on new paths and different paths which does kind of separate them but then when like family stuff comes up how it all kind of still manages to connect together again yeah it's quite interesting you know because they were very much a family unit in the first one and then in the in this one they are still a family unit but you know the the mum is in one place the dad is in another place the sister's at a different school so yeah, yeah. they've split everybody up so it's it's uh kind of interesting to see what they're doing with that but uh it's it honestly it's a great great comedy if you've not watched it yet go watch atypical it's absolutely superb have they renewed it yet i haven't I, heard about i it haven't yet heard about a renewal yet but i imagine it will get renewed it's one yeah. of those shows that seems to have been critically going down very well for them so i i think it's likely to get renewed even though we haven't heard anything yet another new show this week uh future man which is running on sci-fi over here this is this um comedy sci-fi series which is based on uh the idea of a uh, a guy who is a video gamer and he's a janitor and uh, there's this video game which is uh, called Biotic Wars, which is apparently completely impossible to beat. And he manages to beat it the moment he manages to beat it. Two people who are in the video game show up in real life, just appear in his room, basically saying, you've beaten the video game. That means you're the ultimate warrior. We need you to help save the world. It's essentially the sort of setup for it. If you're wondering the type of humour it is, it's exec produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, which will give you some idea of of the type of language and humour that is going to go into it. They're the people behind Preacher and things like the Sausage Party, the movie. And, you know, so, I mean, it... Not exactly highbrow humour in quite a lot of it, but uh, it it is extremely funny. I really enjoyed it. It went in a direction I didn't think it was going to go in because I kind of assumed that with these people coming from the future, they'd be taking him back to the future to sort of help save them. And it doesn't. It actually goes backwards into the past. So I've only seen the first two episodes so far because I think that's all aired so far. So I've only seen the opening two episodes. It's one that I think I'll be watching the rest of it. You don't get that many US sci-fi comedies. I, you know, we're starting to get a few more now, but um, I think this is a great addition to it. It's very kind of different to other stuff out there. I think it was a Hulu series originally, but uh, it, it's going out on sci-fi over here. But uh, that's well worth checking. The other new show this week was A Discovery of Witches, which is on Sky One. It's based on a book series. I don't know the book series particularly. I have to say I found the opening episode a little bit slow. I mean, it's set in Oxford and it's based around this sort of research person that comes back to Oxford. She is um, a witch and she kind of knows she's a witch, but she's been suppressing all her powers. She is researching the history of alchemy, basically, and pulls out a book from the library and it seems to sort of infuse into her in some sort of way. And this seems to have an effect on the vampires which are hiding in and around Oxford as well. So it doesn't really give a whole lot away and I would have liked to have seen a little bit more kind of story come out in that first episode. At the moment, it's very difficult to know exactly what's going on and where they're going to go with it, but I will keep watching. I've only seen one episode. You can't really judge a show just on that. And it wasn't badly acted or anything. I thought it looked beautiful. 
wonderful. I thought it it was well put together. I just think I would have liked to have maybe they should have opened it with a with two episodes rather than one. I wanted to see a little bit more of the story than they put out in that opening episode. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, I mean, Discovery of Witches running on Sky One now. If you want to go and look at that, gaming wise, uh, Spider Man, which we have both been playing incessantly. Yep. Uh, you've we both finished it now. I think I uh, platinumed it yesterday. Oh, well so. done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm. I've still got a few things that I need to do, sort of in terms of sort of cleaning up a few of the prison camps things and and few of the areas, oh, the crimes and, and that, the yeah. crimes and that. So I've still got a few things that I need to do with that. But uh, what I love about that game is it it makes it very easy to go and find collectibles and stuff, things like the backpacks. Because yeah. there's for those of you that haven't played, Spider Man sort of tends to leave his backpack when he changes into his uh, Spidey gear and uh, leaves his <laughs> backpack stuck to a wall. And there's, I think that was a great invention of of the collectibles was you go around finding the old backpacks which he's forgotten about and left at various places around the city what i like about it though is you're not having to go hunting for this stuff they show up on the map so you're not feeling really infuriated by like having to pull up maps online to go and find things like you do with things like gta you i like the fact that they're there and you can you know it makes the collectibles a lot easier to go and find which uh, i i quite like so it encourages me to kind of go and pick them up while i'm around the city and not sort of not bother with them and then remember about them at the end you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah. uh so it, yeah, I be, but it the, does, I think it's it's a great game. It's a really good game, well put together. This is the you know the best Spider-Man game that that's been made. It wasn't a particularly high bar to beat. I mean, there <laughs> will be with true. The, yes, with, with the there will be with the second one because this this game is going to get a sequel. It's just, no, especially with like yeah. what they've set up at the end and during the game and and that sort of thing. The, the weird thing to me with this is like I wanted to really take my time mm. with it, but because you're zipping around the city and you're swinging so fast, I always felt like I was rushing the game because i was just speeding yeah. along to the next thing because i tried to even it up a bit where i did like a bit of backpack collecting bit of story bit of this and a bit of that so like i would get a backpack on the way to a story mission but because i was like i said zipping through the city so fast i always felt like i was rushing the game um yeah. but no the story it's, itself is really really good it does a great job obviously like i said of setting up the next one mm. i've heard some rumors about like is there an mgu being set up which would be marvel games you universe because uh, you've got um Quite i don't possibly, know if anybody yeah. remembers yeah because it hasn't been talked about since uh, its announcement but square enix is making an avengers game so if you had like uh. different developers with different properties so you'd have you know spider-man with insomniac uh, square enix with the avengers and then something else with something else because uh, it wouldn't all be insomniac that would be too no, many games no, no. to ask them to do because then insomniac can focus on a spider-man universe like setting up those different characters and doing that sort of thing and then you could have i don't know necessarily how crossovers would work because i'm assuming the square enix game would be multi-platform because it would be on everything else yeah um but no that would be really really good if they could set that up and stuff i was very very impressed with most of the things that they did some of the side stuff can be a little bit long but overall with the gameplay the story and and everything else they did a very very good 
job with it. So yeah, no, I th- uh, I thought they did a superb job with it. I I really enjoyed it. I thought the story was really good. I like the fact that the end credit sequence has two sort of as as yeah. you get with the films, it has like a mid credit sequence and like extra and an end credit sequence extra, which uh, as you say sets up quite a lot of things for for games moving forward. So um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping to see more out of them. It's I I'm really impressed. It is one of the best sort of I I, I think not tying it into the films was probably a good move as well oh yeah and, yeah this is know, their own thing yeah, and very much their own thing it, it's so. not a direct tie into the film and i think that's probably a sensible idea so um yeah i i would love to see a wider universe of this and mm-hmm. and them introduce more characters and stuff i i'm very much looking forward to seeing where they go with it it's a really solid game and the um, last thing really is uh, The Predator, which is the new Predator movie, which I went and saw this week. It's awful. <laughs> uh, mm, that was what I heard. It's sort of awful in a B-movie way, though. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's quite a lot of fun, but it is pretty terrible. So don't go in with any high expectations. It's funny. There are some wonderfully silly moments in it. It is quite entertaining it's not really something i would have usually have gone to the cinema to see my friend wanted to go and see it so i kind of said yeah fine we'll go and see predator i really didn't have any high expectations going into it and i think that's how you need to go into it don't expect it to be a massively serious film it's got quite a lot of nice humor in it it. The, the characters are are very stereotypical if you like the Predator stuff, if you like the seriousness of some of the Predator stuff, you're going to absolutely hate it, probably. I, I mean, I I didn't... Be, I think because I went in thinking with a very low bar for this, it didn't annoy me as much as it probably would annoy some people. I'm also not a massive predator fan i like the original film i quite like the second film actually but i'm never being sort of somebody that's massively followed the franchise or anything and got massively into it so uh, i mean it was entertaining stupid two hours of my life but i didn't come out of it feeling that that i wasted those two hours it was entertaining enough just for sitting and watching a silly film but it is it isn't good (laughs) particularly you know um it, it would be worth watching when it comes on for free onto Sky or you know, Netflix or whatever. It's probably worth watching, but it, it's not something that I would take particularly seriously. Take it as, as what it is, which is a very big, dumb, silly film. Um, <laughs> speaking of dumb, silly films, the other thing that we were going to talk about while we're here, the uh, DC Extended Universe, was yeah. because there's been a lot of stuff floating around about that this week and the DC TV universe as well. And I know we've been talking about it off the podcast. Yeah, we've yeah. been having various discussions. First of all, I mean, the the story that came out, which is Henry Cavall is not going to be Superman anymore, which has sort of since been denied by his agent. And then he put this really kind of trolling video up, which was him kind of stood there with some music in the background, not saying anything, holding a Spider-Man figure, wearing a Krypton T-shirt. So it's... It's very difficult to know exactly what's going on. It sounds like some people got the wrong end of the stick with the press release, maybe. Uh, well, it wasn't actually a press release. It was a news story that came off of one of the one of the industry websites. And the, the news story on the industry website did say that he's no longer Superman, but it was almost done as a throwaway comment. If you actually read the whole story, what it actually said was, DC are not focusing on any more Superman movies right now. They are apparently focusing 
thing on the idea of bringing Supergirl to the big screen rather than Superman. And uh, I think part of that is the fact that they had some issues getting Henry to agree to appear in the Shazam film, apparently. That was the the story. And and now, of course, he's signed on to do the Witcher series, which he's going to be leading in. So I guess his availability is not around as much as it was. So I, I think that sort of turned them away from making any more kind of Superman stuff. But what it does highlight is what a complete mess the DC Extended Universe is at this point. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, when did this thing start? 2013? Mm. Man of Steel? Why can't they get their basic trinity together? They, they, they yeah. did Man of Steel, then they did... Batman v Superman. Yeah, Batman. Then Justice so they, League. So they did the first intro film, I guess you could say, with one of the main trinity. If you didn't know the trinity, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. And then they decided to do a team up with Superman and with Batman and then introduced Wonder Woman later on in the film. Uh, Wonder Woman itself, the film, I thought it was it was pretty good. Uh, yeah. It's probably the best uh, out of the five or six or however many there is at the moment of this uh, universe. That's the best film they have. It's the best thing they have going for them. Uh, Gal, Gal Gadot as uh, Wonder Woman. To me, when I look at the DCEU, and I've spoken about this a couple of times on recent podcasts when me and Robert talked about the uh, Bat- Batwoman stuff, and yeah. when we talked a little bit about Titans, I said to him that like the only two characters in this universe in the DCEU that I care about is Batman, which he hasn't even had his solo film of yet, and Wonder Woman. I like Henry Cavill himself. I've got no problem with him. I don't like that version of Superman at all. Um, mm. Suicide Squad was just forgettable and whatever, but Margot Robbie was probably the best thing to take away from or mother yeah. well, however you say her name if she's getting a uh, solo film I'm I'm excited to see that which apparently she is with the Joker or something uh, but I'm excited to see more of her uh, we don't need a Suicide Squad 2 that doesn't need to happen and it's no good to say like oh we're going to focus on Batgirl and Supergirl and all these other stuff where it's like okay you, cu- you couldn't in the first place get your Trinity together and then you decide to go off and essentially do yeah. the female versions of part of the Trinity which is yeah. Batgirl and Supergirl so yeah to me so Harley Quinn, Batman and Wonder Woman are the only sort of three that I really care about. I don't know what to do with Aquaman, whether to, to see that or whether to just watch it and be... I think Shazam looks fun. We don't know. Yeah, Shazam looks fun. I looks think. fun? Yeah. yeah. It's so difficult. The rest of it is a mess. So yeah. That's I mean, you know, say. we're in a position now where there was that rumoured Harley Quinn and Joker movie with Jared Leto playing Joker. They're now in the process of filming a separate Joker movie which is a joker origin story which has wacky yeah. phoenix playing joker um, that's okay so that's, that's you know fine. i i think I mean, I'm not entirely convinced that you need a Joker origin movie, but I just, it amazes me that they've managed to screw this up so badly. And I think part of the reason that they have is because they got very upset about what Marvel was doing and and they tried to run before they could walk. What they should have done is is started off with Superman movie, a Batman movie, do exactly what Marvel did and introduce each of the characters separately. You know, we shouldn't be getting an Aquaman movie post Justice League you know we should not before Batman and and we haven't had a solo Batman movie I mean we've had Batman v Superman but really they should have been a proper Batman movie and 
now it's looking like Affleck is not going to come back for the solo Batman film. And yeah, we're going to have another Batman in, the in there. That's all very up in the air. There now looks like there's not going to be any more Superman films. There is another Wonder Woman film coming, of course. Um, there's no, the I'm Aquaman. interested in that Wonder yeah, Woman yeah. film, like, like I said. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I don't know what their plan is at this point. I, are they are they completely disconnecting all this universe and just focusing on doing individual films which i think is fine if they're going to do that and maybe you do have little bits of crossovers but i think it's going to get very confusing if you've got like two different people playing joker you've got like two different batman you're gonna you know you have different supermen it makes it just messy you know i don't understand how they could screw this up so badly i i do generally think they try to rush to catch up with marvel which you can't do because marvel are years ahead and they've had like yeah three of just films at this point and then they said okay let's just do justice league you can't just do that so no no i i think that was a huge mistake maybe it's time for them to go back and reset everything maybe that's the solution maybe you keep say gil gadot as as wonder woman but maybe you replace i mean see i like cavill as, as superman i think cavill makes a great superman if affleck doesn't want to be batman anymore i'm you know i liked affleck as batman actually but if he doesn't want to do it you could quite easily replace him with somebody else i know john ham's been talking yeah, about wanting to play it, which i think would be brilliant be actually yeah, yeah i actually think that would be great so i don't know maybe you can do a bit of tweaking with it and and start to pull things back You've together got a, a few little things bit. you can work with certainly uh, i mean i mean the next step to me is do a solo batman film and then yeah and then you've kind of got you know a bit more there so yeah do a solo batman film introducing a new batman maybe that's that's what you do if affleck doesn't want to do it maybe that's how you introduce the new batman and you sort of forget all the stuff that's happened prior to now and start again, maybe. I don't know. But mm. just it frustrates me that they've screwed up the movie universe so bad when the TV universe is do, doing so well, you know? Yeah, I'm very happy with that right now. You so. know, uh, I mean, there's, there are rumours that there is a new Batgirl TV series coming. Sounds good to me. There are very much rumours at the moment. Uh, there's There's been a few stories pop up about the potential of a Batgirl TV series coming to the DC universe streaming service. Nothing official on that and I would have thought that if they were going to announce that there was a Batgirl TV series they probably would have done it on the launch date or they may do it when they launch Titans I don't know but there are rumours mm. that they are thinking about that because of course they were going to be doing a Batgirl movie and then Joss Whedon decided he couldn't write the script for it and then they decided that they should probably have a female director for it anyway so they've now decided that maybe they'll do a TV and um, I can't remember the woman's name is it Melissa Rosenberg who was the showrunner for Jessica Jones has jumped ship from Marvel to DC. So there are rumours that maybe she is the person that's going to lead the new Batgirl series, which would make sense because she did an amazing job with Jessica Jones. So there is potential there and it makes sense that it will fit into that Titans universe as well. Mm. It just... Yeah, with uh, Robin and stuff. It's, uh, but it's it's an odd it's an odd one to put in considering that they're, they're already kind of looking at a Batwoman series unless they're looking at this instead of a Batwoman series. But then the Batwoman series is, is sort of part of the CW universe, not the yeah. DCU universe. So, so I mean, the, the, you're starting to get a bit of splintering there. The Titan series does look interesting. There was a couple of little mini clips they put up 
of the Titan series, which were part of, you know, this DC Daily thing that they're they're doing. That's actually I've up seen on bits YouTube. and pieces of it. Yeah. yeah. This which is a sort of chat show around all things DC. Uh you can find them up on YouTube, but on the last one of those they did, they actually put a little clip of Titans, which was lovely. It was uh Dick Grayson talking to Jason Todd as they oh, sort really? of went up in an, in an elevator and uh, Jason's going, how can you not like this job? How could you leave? This is being Robin's the best job in the world. You know, we get to go out, we get oh, to fight Kai, we get, we get to drive the Batmobile and like Dick just looks at him going, he lets you drive the Batmobile? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just lovely. Yeah. They, they look really good. I'm so looking forward to that series. I Again, we don't know what's happening with that internationally. The yes, only thing... do international stuff. Yeah, the only thing they're saying moment is that they're focusing on the US right now that's all they'll say I think that's a mistake I think not announcing what you're going to do internationally with these shows I think if you don't release them at the same time all over the world that Titan series is going to get pirated to death by people yeah it just is people will go looking for it online I mean you know don't do that but people will you know I mean there was talk at one point about them maybe bringing it to Netflix if they're not going to launch DCU outside of the US but that again that's a rumour so don't know whether that's true or not or if that's going to happen I mean it would make sense it would give them if they are going to be waiting like two years before they set something up outside wow. uh, if if that is oh, the case yeah. you know if that is the case if there is going to be a long extended period it would make sense to sell those shows to an existing streaming platform on a limited sort of you can have this for a year or you can have this for two years until we sort out what we're going to do internationally with dcu that would make sense to me because at least then people aren't going to end up stealing it mm. but um, yeah. whether they'll do that i don't know it, mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't make sense to leave it hanging for the international audience because people will just go and find it somewhere. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've got anything else you want to add to this, but... I'm just very excited for the future of DCTV. Yes. in general. I know there's yes. different bits not and so pieces much the and stuff, movie, but... Not so much the movie universe, but yes, definitely no. the TV universe. Yes, yeah. the movie yeah. universe is a mess at the moment. We'll have to see what happens. Um, with that out of the way, let's move on to some TV and film news. <laughs> 
whether they're any good or not before they negotiate a deal for the license because their initial deal was only for the first two seasons. So the third season doesn't yet have a home, but ITV has first refusal on buying it. So it will likely be on ITV if it's any good. If it isn't any good, it could end up anywhere, but then you might not want to see it. So so we'll see. Other shows coming back. Uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is returning with Jeremy Clarkson as the host for a 10 episode series. This is after Clarkson stepped in to uh, do those specials, I think, earlier this year, I think it was, or might have been end of last year. They did some specials for the sort of anniversary of it, but uh, they're now bringing it back for a new series. So there's 10 episodes of that. His Dark Materials, which is the Philip Pullman, uh, based on the Philip Pullman book, and uh, it's been made by Bad Wolf and the BBC. HBO has also signed on to that as well. and they've upped it from being one season to two seasons since HBO have signed on. So uh, if you're a fan of those books, then you're going to get a lot of that coming up. And uh, Virgin announced that they've launched a new Ultra HD channel, which is is an odd mix of sort of rerun shows that have been on other places like Masters of Sex, House of Cards, Startup. Uh, they have got a few original series that haven't aired anywhere else. Or I say original series, they're like Hulu shows that haven't aired over here before like Shut yeah. Eye and, and things like and uh, The Art of More so they have got a few series which haven't aired anywhere else which will be exclusive but only you'll only be able to watch them if you've got Virgin which is a bit of a pain but uh, what can you do you know so uh, they've got to have some exclusives to themselves so uh, that is is launching this week if you uh, are a Virgin customer you'll find a new channel if you haven't got an Ultra HD system it will downgrade it to normal HD for you so you can still watch the Ultra HD channel. It's just it's going to not be an Ultra HD. Mm-hmm. Um, other news we've got this week. Grim star Elizabeth Tulloch is playing Lois Lane in the Arrowverse. And they've also announced uh, that nepotism is alive and well as uh, Stephen Amell's wife is joining the show as well as uh, Cassandra Jean Amell is joining as Nora Freeze. I mean, we knew Lois Lane was going to come into the show. Elizabeth Tulloch, you'll know from Grimm, she played Juliet, who was the uh, girlfriend of of Nick in uh, four seasons of that before she kind of got killed off-ish. Sorry, spoilers for if you've not watched Grimm, but, you know, uh, it's been a while. So uh, uh, she got killed off and then became a new character called Eve on that show. So you'll know from that. Lois Lane, of course, you know, girlfriend of Superman, and um, we know she's going to turn up in the crossover series, which will also have Tyler Hoechlin back as Superman slash Clark Kent in that crossover as well. Cassandra Jean Amell is playing the role of Nora Freeze. Nora Freeze is the, well, the kind of wife of Victor Freeze, aka Mr. Freeze. We don't know exactly how they're going to use her in this, whether she'll be up and walking around or whether she's just going to be in, in some sort of cryostasis pod which is how we traditionally have seen her i mean the the history of that character has has varied depending on whether you watch the tv show film whether it's you know what era of the comic book you've looked at the traditional basic setup of it is that uh, she had a terminal illness victor freeze who is her husband puts her in a cryostasis pod to stop 
the terminal illness while he tries and finds a cure. There is an explosion in the lab which damages the pod, apparently killing her, and then turns Victor into Mr. Freeze. That's the sort of basic background of that character. There have been other versions of her uh, where she's kind of ended up becoming a supervillain herself and uh, wasn't killed when the pod exploded and or she's been like resurrected using a Lazarus pit in one version of the history so there's there's various ways that they could use that character so it, it could be based on one of those it could be none of those we don't know yet Cassandra Jean Amel has uh, started a career on America's Next Top Model she's uh, had guest roles in things like One Tree Hill Heart of Dixie and Mad Men so uh, I don't know her as an actress at all but uh, yes I think it's fair to say one of the reasons she got the role is because her husband plays Arrow in the show so yeah yeah I certainly think Elizabeth Tullock's a, a great bit of casting for Lois Lane I can definitely see her doing that did you watch Grimm I don't know whether you ever saw that show no I've I've not seen that before yeah no. she's um I, I can see her as Lois Lane I think she's a really good pick for that role like I said before just they continue to add to a universe that's already been built up because like yeah. the characters that we have so far you know Arrow Flash Legend Supergirl we, we all know those characters already because you know they've had years to be on, on TV and I know that like you know a 23 episode season doesn't compare to a two hour film but um, yeah like they've just over the years they've just continued to slowly add characters and with them adding to quite interesting characters with Lois Lane and uh, Mr. Freeze's wife uh, Nora. yes Nora Nora Freeze yeah. yeah it's going to be interesting what they do with Nora because if if Mr. Freeze is, isn't going to be around which I assume he isn't no, um, no it's not what exactly her role is going to be and like you said what state she's going to be in because I remember in I think it was the Batman Arkham games there was a DLC with Mr. Freeze or there was something like yeah. that um, and she was in the the, the injured state I, I suppose yeah. you could say she was in the cryo thing and of course the focus on the game was you doing the boss battle against yeah. Mr. Freeze so I do wonder what they have lined up for her but then again because they've done a good job of what they've done in the past I trust them to come up with something good Yeah. and in terms of Lois Lane and Superman because that character's been a bit more absent and that's actually a version of Superman that I really like I would like to see more of him and more of this uh, new, yeah. Lois, or new version of Lois it just depends where they're going to go with those characters because I don't think you can do a seventh show because they got no. if if they if they do decide to do this Batwoman series, that's six shows, and then if they decide you know that Superman's going to have his own series, that's seven, and it's like how do you schedule all of that? And yeah. it's good that we've got all that good TV and stuff, but like what, yeah. do, you, what do you how do you manage it all? Like I said, I would be happy to see more of that version of Superman and this new version of Lois Lane, and like obviously have them together in stories. But it's like what do you do with all that stuff? So, yeah, I mean, I uh, don't think I don't think there is a Superman series incoming any time soon because no. he's just think- signed on to a Netflix show so he's oh, okay. one of the co-stars in a new Netflix series the the Netflix show is a sci-fi series and it's one of those that I think they could kill characters off fairly easily so I don't know whether it's going to be like a one season thing for him or whether he's going to be there permanently but uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah uh, it's difficult to say but I don't think it's certainly not likely to come this season if they're going to do Superman and I'm not sure whether they want to do a Superman series if they've already got a Supergirl series yeah. So, uh, but and, yes unless- I do like that character unless they add him as a recurring role on Super because, because they kind of yeah, already yeah. had that and then he just left and I was happy with what they did with him Yeah. Uh, plus then you could add Lois and I mean you've got 23 episodes so it's not like you have a shortage of time no, no, no. so you could you could do something interesting there and I'm not expecting him to like have equal screen time or certainly not more because it's still Supergirl's show but they could certainly add him as a recurring character or, or, yeah. or something like that so yeah. We'll see. Um, but yeah at the moment we have this crossover to look forward to which already has the Batwoman stuff that I'm interested in so mm. 
Yeah, looks good. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I like to say, I, I, we don't know what's going to happen with Nora Freeze because one thing they have said is, is Victor, i.e., Mister Freeze, will not be in it. Well, they've said Mister Freeze won't be in it. I do wonder whether whether that's a misdirect and whether Victor may show up at some point. Oh, but uh, they've they've said that Mister Freeze certainly won't be in it. So we'll have to see. It could be pre her meeting him. Of course, we don't know. So maybe we'll, we'll have to wait and see what they're going to do. It's an interesting interesting character to pick up Hmm. because she's so closely tied with Victor in that world so we'll see what they do but uh, yeah interesting bit of announcement that moving on to another show uh, 13 Reasons Why star Catherine Langford has uh, joined the Netflix series Cursed which comes from Frank Miller and Tom Wheeler Cursed is a reimagining of the Arthurian legend told through the eyes of Nimu who is the teenage heroine with a mysterious gift who is destined to be become the powerful and tragic Lady of the Lake. So it's almost like a a sort of prequel to the Arthurian legend. It follows Nimu, who um, goes on to be the uh, the, the uh, watery tarp with the sword, as uh, they talk about in um, Monty Python. Uh, but um, <laughs> you can't set up a system of government based on a watery tarp throwing a sword at you, is the, <laughs> the comment, I think, something along those lines. But yes, so she uh, she ends up becoming Lady of the Lake, but it's it's sort of a history of, of her. It's based around her. Interestingly, they're actually writing a book that goes along with the TV series and will really be released at the same time. So there is a book. Oh. No, it's not entirely clear whether it's a comic book or whether it's a book with illustrations done by Frank Miller because it, it, they're describing it as a book with illustrations. They're not describing it as a comic book. They're describing it as a young adult companion book. So um, I, I'm still not 100% clear on, on whether it's going to be a full-blown okay. comic book or whether it's going to be a book with a bunch of illustrations in it. Frank Miller, of course, is the person behind things like Dark Knight Returns, Sin City, 300. Tom Wheeler is the writer-producer behind films like Puss in Boots, the Lego Ninjago movie, uh, the TV series The Cape as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting kind of mix of of people. And uh, I think the Arthurian legend stuff is always fun to play around in. I mean, Catherine Langford was great as Hannah Baker in uh oh yeah got a golden globe yeah, she was for fantastic that, you know in 13 did she oh that's good yeah she won a golden globe for, for 13 reasons why um good she deserves that yeah totally yeah. deserves it she's yeah. uh she also popped up in the netflix series love simon and uh has been voicing characters on robot chicken as well since okay. since she did 13 <laughs> reasons but yeah i mean i i've not watched the second season of 13 reasons but uh the the first season i thought was superb i really mm-hmm. enjoyed that so yeah i'm more excited to see more of Catherine langford because i remember when i finished uh season two of 13 reasons why and uh obviously she's not, she's not going to be in season three which it did get renewed for yes they did a great job of sending off the character and stuff so I'm excited to see what she's in next and then this popped up so I was happy with that uh, I didn't know about the other stuff you mentioned just a minute ago I think the guy that played as Clay did a, did a good job as well but I yeah. think um, Hannah um, Catherine herself the best that the series had it'd be, good, it'd be good to see some more of her so I know a lot of people see 13 Reasons Why is a really controversial thing and it's sure it's very tough to watch mm. um, I, I could agree with that and the issues surrounding it are very tough and I know about that and stuff but I thought the second season of 13 reasons why it was really good i thought it was a really good continuation and i like where 
because when we went into season two and not necessarily knowing if they were going to do a third season, I was wondering where they, where exactly they were going to go. Because I yeah. remember when it was renewed for a second season, everybody thought, okay, you did the 13 reasons. But they did a really good job with the continuation for that. Um, and I kind of got really invested with the characters. Mm. And then I'm excited to do see what they do with season three. I will go and watch the second season. I've just got to be in the right frame of mind for it. You, you do have to, yeah. 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 You can't just sit there and just binge it or whatever. Yeah. And uh, lastly, we've got news that Aaron Paul, the star of Breaking Bad, will be joining Westworld for its third season, apparently. He's a host. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we don't know. Presumably he's not a host. I mean, I've, we don't know for a fact. Well, they, I mean, this being Westworld and being very secretive, of course, we have no idea who he's actually playing. Right. The second season obviously ended, sorry, spoilers if you haven't seen the second season, but the second season does end with the host getting out of the park. So that opens up, literally opens up the world to them. You know? yeah, so yeah. There, are, there are a myriad of ways you could introduce new characters to this. So whether he's just a normal Joe that ends up interacting with the hosts, whether he's something more than that, we have no idea at this point what he's going to be. But I, I mean, I love Aaron Paul. He's, I mean, he's, he was amazing in Breaking Bad and uh, you oh, know, yeah. things I've seen in since. He's been in uh, the Hulu series The Path he was in as well which I haven't actually watched yet but uh, that's on Amazon Prime he voices uh, Todd in Bojack Horseman yes yes he does he voices various characters into Bojack Horseman I think actually but uh, I think so yes so Remy um is it Mr. Robot? Romeo Malik, he's in the in this new season of Bojack as well. Oh, right, so, okay. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yes, yes. Soon to be seen playing Freddie Mercury as well. <laughs> I think he's a great addition to the show. It's going to be very interesting to, to see him. Mm. Um, he's also starring in the Apple anthology series Are You Sleeping, which is based on a novel by Kathleen Barber, which is, is a, a sort of true crime anthology series based on people's obsession with true crime and podcasts and stuff. So he actually plays a sort of podcast slash journalist in that uh, but it's an anthology series so everybody involved in it is only signed up for one season at yeah. a time so that leaves him open to go and be in Westworld as well but it's not the first Breaking Bad character to go in Westworld because uh, Giancarlo Esposito who plays Gus yeah, had a yeah, very brief in cameo in the I mean he was like in for one scene mm. so uh, had a very brief yeah. cameo in the first season uh, presumably that Aaron Paul's going to be in for a bit longer in the uh, third season we get to see Aaron Paul again and I mean see him because obviously he voices a character in yes in Bo- Jack, yeah. uh, I didn't see the path or anything else he's, he's really been in. And I heard that the path was cancelled anyway, which yes, is unfortunate. Is yeah. But no, hopefully in probably 2020, when this comes back, it would be good to, to see him again and see what he brings to the table of Westworld and what they give him to do and yeah. what exactly he is going to be. So that would be exciting. Yes, yes. It's probably going to be spring 2020 before we I see imagine that so. show. Probably April, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah it, it will probably go into the sort of Game of Thrones slot the year after Game of thrones finishes because they are alternating at the moment and presumably that will lead to the game of thrones spin-off assuming that gets picked up being in 2021 and then the fourth season of westworld if there is one will be 2022 so uh it's crazy but yes so uh, spring 2020 for next season of westworld which seems a long way off um, it does, yeah. <laughs> hey, we got we got True Detective in uh, January. So. Yes, yes, we have for True Detective. And there's, it's not as if we're short of TV shows to watch right now. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> no. and it's only going to get worse. Uh, so that's all the news for this week. Next up, we have an interview. <laughs> 
So the interview this week is with the Academy Award-winning composer Federico Justed. He's originally from Argentina, best known for scoring the award-winning best foreign language film The Secrets in Their Eyes, for which he won Best Music Award from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences in Argentina. He recently scored the Spanish drama Loving Pablo, starring Javier Bardem and Penelope Cruz. In 2016, Federico was recognised as Composer of the Year by the Spanish Music Critics Association he won five International Music Critics Association awards for his music on the Spanish historical fiction series Isabel Carlos Rey Empatura, if I'm saying that right. Uh, <laughs> recently completed the emotional and moving score for This Is Us creator Dan Fogelman's upcoming film Life Itself, starring Olivia Wilde and Oscar Isaac. Premieres in the US on September 21st. UK release for it is in January 2019. So we talk a little bit about that. We talk about a few other projects he's working on as well at the moment Watership Down animated TV show is, is one thing he's working on at the moment really really nice guy although he's from Argentina sort of based in LA and Spain so I think he was in Spain when we were talking to him here's the interview with Frederico we will see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on TV Hi Frederico are you uh, in LA at the moment? No right now I'm in Spain I'm in Madrid Oh okay wrapping, Yeah I just came a couple of weeks ago I'm wrapping this project that actually you would I think you would love uh, at least the project if not the music is this is Watership Down Oh cool Yes yes uh, and this is a remake that they're doing f- uh, they're doing four episodes for the BBC Oh and wow. the, and Netflix yes animation as well like the film in the 70s and I'm lucky enough enough to be the composer for this which is a blast i mean for any composer you know scoring yeah. for an animation and scoring for this piece which is great yeah yeah no that's that's very cool so is that the first time you've done animation it's the first time i do such wonderful and serious project for animation i've done a little animation before i've done a, sh- a show in spain and then i've done a film that was the protagonist was a dog so <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a long time ago and so that was like like doing animation because it, it had the the vibe and the the the, the type of musical language of the of an animation film but yeah. uh but this is probably my first big big animation feature yeah. and i i hope it's not the last because i'm i'm enjoying it so much Aww. really 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 so let's see That's cool. it's a lot of work it's a lot of work we're, we're mixing 104 cues wow uh, right now yes <laughs> That's that's a crazy amount of uh, of cues. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, you you split quite a lot of your time between uh, Spain and uh, and LA, don't you? So uh, absolutely. I've been I've been starting this jumping back and forth uh, about five years ago, and now I spend I'd say eighty percent of my time in LA. Right. But I come every you know every two months. I try to spend a week in Madrid at my house here. Have a studio my office a crew here and i and i keep doing european projects so right. although i might then take my homework and bring it home <laughs> Uh, to my LA home, I for that I'm, I'm still like old school, and I like to meet with the directors, the filmmakers in person, well, when it's possible, yeah. at least a few times in the project, and and then of course we can we go on a line, we Skype, you know, every other day if necessary. But there's a moment, especially at the beginning, where you know I can sit at the piano and have my director around and talk about music, and for that internet is not it doesn't have anything to substitute for that. Yeah, no, it's always 
better to try and do it in person if you can, of if course. possible, yeah, absolutely. So you're you're back in Spain. You're not from either country originally. You're from, no. from <laughs> you're from Argentina. So exactly. How did you end up um, getting into the sort of industry in the first place, and end up sort of from Argentina into sort of Spain and and LA then? Well, first of all, in the industry. Uh, I think it was quite a natural thing for me. I mean, at least in the industry in my country. I was born in Argentina in a family of filmmakers, of film workers. My father is a film director in Argentina mm. who keeps uh, filming. And he's 77. He, he wow. just did a film last year. And then my mom is an actress and my, my aunt is an art director. My sister is a scenographer. So film was was a very and theater it was was something very familiar to me and and then but i but i you know i since i was five or six i started playing the piano and i was sent to a fantastic teacher so i always knew music was my thing but it was very natural to me to be waiting for my father at the moviola back then you know the old avid and 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 trying things you know i remember myself playing with the with the waste material you know grabbing from the from the basket hmm. uh pieces of of 35 millimeters and put them t- together you know doing my little short films yeah like re- recycling material <laughs> and so in a way i would understand how the construction of a film is because i would be there all the time or or accompanying my dad to the sh- to the shooting or or to the rehearsals so slowly as i was studying composition and writing little pieces for the concert hall and all that i would perhaps help my dad's composers at their studios at the beginning just of course serving coffee mm. and and doing xeroxes and and then slowly helping out with little arrangements perhaps or writing additional music so at the same time as i was learning like the the more formal aspects of music at the conservatory, uh, at the academy, I was I was learning about the real life of film scoring at different studios. So that was my childhood. And then when I was uh, 20, I started traveling and I was lucky enough to get scholarships to do a master's degree, where, uh, which I did in New York. I did my master's in New York in Manhattan School of Music. And then I started traveling and performing because I'm a classical concert pianist and I was doing that as, as well as writing. And then my mother always told me, always told me, and, and I'm very thankful for that. She said, you know, if you want to be a serious musician, just go, you know, leave this country, mm. travel, learn. And then, of course, you can come back where, where, whenever you want. But if you want to do that for real, you want to go and see where it's done very seriously in the yeah. world. So and that's basically what I did. And and although I go back to Argentina every year to see my family, well, my career took off in Spain. And, right. and and now in luckily slowly but it's happening in LA as well so that's where I'm spending most of my time yeah yeah I mean looking through your your film and TV credits I mean a, a lot of the stuff is what we would refer to as foreign language films but obviously all no. foreign language as far as you're concerned for me it's not yeah no. uh, so uh, yeah there's a, there's a lot of stuff which are, are uh, obviously Spanish language things and, mm, and, and that sort of thing uh, the, the latest project though this is is a thing for Dan Fogelman who's the creator of, of This Is Us which is a, an incredible series it's called uh, Life Itself Livia Wilde and Oscar Isaac how did that come about? Well, it's funny because they were, first of all, I think they were looking for some Spanish flavor because a part of the story happens in Spain. Right. right. Part of the story happens in New York. Part of the story happens in Spain. So the music supervisor of the project had known me for 
quite a bit already, although we haven't had the chance to work together, but she knew about me and she knew about my work. And when they said, yeah, Spanish flavored, I guess she said, oh, I, I know this guy. <laughs> and I remember I was working on a film in Europe and she reached out and she said, you know, can you send some music? So my agent sent some music and I was very lucky to have my music spread in the temp track of the film, which is the which is the most right. uh, fortunate thing that can happen to you because yeah. because that's something that gets attached to the director's ears mm -hmm. and 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 they liked those pieces. And then after that, they said they asked me to 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 make a few arrangements of uh, a Bob Dylan song because <laughs> Dan, you know, if you if you saw uh, this. This is us. Dan's language is quite pop, yeah. right? It's quite, I mean, he, I, I think his language in general, not only regarding music, but there's something very direct, very informal. Yeah. And then since, of course, I guess they knew about my like classical background, they, they were, you know, wondering if I could like do something a little bit more in this vein. And so they asked me to make a few arrangements on uh, Make You Feel My Love, the Bob Dylan song. Mm. And they said, very, very, very simple, just one piano arrangement. And if you have the chance, you have the time, just make something could sound more Spanish. So I made a few piano arrangements and then I wrote a couple of Spanish guitar arrangements. I, I sent, you know, the mock-ups and, and, the, and the score to, the, to a wonderful musician that I work with sometimes in Spain so that I would have the real guitar. And he did a wonderful job. And we sent, we sent the, those mock-ups and then... And then, to be honest, I kind of forgot about it because very often in, in my career that happens. You know, they ask me for, for a demo or a mock-up or something. And then, you know, real life brings yeah. different things. Sometimes they need a different composer for co-production reason or whatever. So I kind of forgot or just uh, parked it in the back of my mind. And a few months later, they reached out again and they say, oh, Dan wants to meet you. And I had a meeting with him and he was great. And he was liking a lot of the pieces. And then he showed me the film. And, and and all my arrangements plus pieces from my reel were spread in the movie, which is absolutely fortunate. So yeah, yeah, that was a, a very good start. And and the score is it's not a pop score, but it does have a, a pop flavor to it. Like I right. do use an orchestra, I do use a string orchestra, but but it doesn't sound like most of my scores, you know, with a lot of sweeps and counterpoint. But it, but it it sounds like a like a sophisticated accompaniment of a of a singer <laughs> it's interesting we we interviewed um siddhartha kosla a few mm -hmm. weeks ago who obviously Absolutely. does this as us as well Completely, I, I, yeah. I know exactly what you mean about that sort of pop sensibility mm -hmm. uh, with that sort of stuff because i know how much dan likes that kind of thing so yeah i mean it's it's a sounds like a really interesting project that where do you start when you're approaching a project you is it always <laughs> piano you start with or is it sort of well first of all i try to understand and this is the most to me difficult question to answer to respond that is what what's music going to do in the project I'm working on what's the what's what's the mission or what's the function or what's the role of the music in that particular project which which changes from one project to the other and especially if you you know are lucky enough to be working on US projects and and then now on UK projects and Peruvian projects and in Spanish projects which the use of the music varies quite a bit. So that first thing is to understand you know in this case for instance working with Dan 
what is he expecting from music and and what could sound uh, familiar to his language so that within my repertoire if you if you want or within my, within what I my sensibility you know I always try to relate to the idiom and the language as the style of each director as opposed to bring my own style to each film because that would to me would be a less interesting exercise of in 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 film scoring mm. so once i kind of start responding to that question i compose my first pieces are either at the piano or just without an instrument you know i would just be walking or be always the first days or weeks i'm working on a project i'm i'm always like kind of here but at the same time i'm writing mm. and or 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 you know, bubbling things and trying to figure out what to do. And then I start writing on paper directly. Yeah. After that, after I have a bunch of pieces or, or a bunch of ideas, then after that, I, I go to workstation and I start recording little sketches or, or doing little edits to see in counterpoint with different sections of the film to see how that works. But I try not to start at the computer to be honest. Mm. I not because it's worse, but to me it's more natural to start on paper directly or mm. on the piano. I find that my ideas tend to be more creative outside the box, outside the computer. Mm. And and they tend to be a little bit more square when I'm at the log sitting at the logic or at the Pro Tools. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned computers there. Do you, are you going for live instruments as much as possible or are you using samples on things? I mean, I would think with your style of music, you'll probably air towards live instruments, assuming the project can afford it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I think all the projects can afford live instruments. Like, of, of course, all not, not all, all projects can afford an entire orchestra. Yeah. But I think you, as composers, I think we always have to be not lazy enough to record as much as we can, because there are some projects. Listen, I do a lot of small budget films, Yeah. not only because I, I, I come from Argentina, <laughs> but because I keep working for South American cinema because I find it super interesting, super stimulating. And because there are a lot of things done there that I don't find in a lot of U.S. films. So I, I, I find that very you know, artistic challenge. So mm. I do know what not having a budget is. But in the same way, John Cage came up with a prepared piano mm. when he had to score for a, for a dance and he didn't have an orchestra. And he said, well, I'm going to, you know, use this prepared piano and put some bolts and screws here to, to, to have a, a little orchestra. I think we can come up with ideas, you know, we can, mm. and especially nowadays where you can record a cello and then you can process it and then, then you can do a lot of sound interesting modifications and manipulations to get a beautiful palette but coming out of a real thing to me yeah. and perhaps as you say as because of my education or my ground is very important to to have an acoustic source yeah makes sense so as, I, as much as I can, I do use real instruments. And, and then, of course, you do. I, I've, I've done, you know, a few sci-fi films now. Uh, there, there was an album, I think, came coming out two months ago about, from Orbiter 9, which is a sci-fi film, mostly a sci-fi film. But still in that film, we created sounds for that film. You know, we we recorded things and then we load them in in our computer and although there are since there are a lot of real sounds i like and hear in my piano 
right. being banged with a you know with a, with a little hammer or with a <laughs> with a rubber. So I think there's always room for that. And to me, it gives um, kind of a I don't know an organic quality that I can not find in the other world. Yeah, that that sort of tends to be stuff which hasn't already been recorded by somebody else, which is exactly what you want. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'll finish with my final two questions. The first question would be, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? That's a shame because I'm I'm running behind so much. <laughs> so much. And it's a common. shame because... <laughs> It's terrible because I'm, I work on this industry and I meet my friends and they go, oh, have you watched the last season of, you know, the last show? And, and I'm still watching the first uh, season of Hans Made Tale. That's how, you know, behind I am. Um, so, yes. It's, it, you wouldn't believe how common it is for people, particularly like the composers that are working so solidly how often they don't get chance to watch things. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I, I'm going to say something. I hope it doesn't, it doesn't sound hideous to you. And then after, you know, days of 18 hours of working, one after the other, one mm. after the other, weeks after the other, I want to go to the theater. I want to go listen to opera. I want to read. Yeah. I'm not listening to film sc- for scores much. You know, yeah. I, I am, but not. I need something else. I need yeah. to drink from different, you know, we, we hear that as well. Yeah, <laughs> Don't worry, you're not the first person okay, to say okay, that Okay, okay, I'm glad. I'm glad. So, uh, so yes, no, there are, there are quite a lot of people that are just like, I need to get away from it and, and you know, not deal with, with that stuff. So, finally, if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present or future, what show would it be? Mamma mia, you caught me completely on guard. This, this one uh, always stops Listen, people. I'm going to say something that's going to sound so bad. But uh, I hope I, I can work in Watership Down. <laughs> I hope there's a show. They make a, they make a, a sequel out of this show of, yeah. you know, 75 episodes. And I can work <laughs> on something like that because the canvas for expression, not only because it's animation, but because the text and, you know, the text, because it's yeah, probably yeah. it's okay. so wonderful. And listening to this you know, as, as you know, English is not my first language, but I can still appreciate, yeah. you know, that text, that sophistication and this level of performance that I hope they make this into a show and they still call me and, you know, that I don't get fired after working for these four <laughs> episodes and they relapse and they and they call me and, and I can keep doing this yeah. because I'm learning so much on it. Awesome. More, <laughs> more animated rabbits. That's what you want. <laughs> yes, more. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it's been lovely talking to you. Uh, I let you get back to your your watership down composing. I will. Thank you so much. Thank thanks. you for your interest. Great. Thanks. Bye. I did. Be well. Bye. So that was the interview with Frederico. Hope you enjoyed that. The uh, movie Life Itself is uh, premiering September 21st in the US. Uh, UK releases in January next year. Now we got some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> So only a few things coming for next week on TV. We've got uh, The Good Cup, which is a uh, comedy drama from the creator of Monk. Stars Tony Danza and Josh Groban are the uh, two leads in this. The singer Josh Groban, who is also an actor. 21st of September, this arrives. Basically, this father and son cop team, it's a sort of odd couple type comedy where the dad is this sort of rule-breaking retired NYPD officer and his son is a very straight-shooting detective. I've seen a few clips 
of it. It looks very funny. So uh, I think could be quite entertaining. Called The Good Cop. Starts on Netflix on the 21st of September, that. Maniac, which is this new series, it's mini-seasons, start 21st of September as well. Stars Emma Stone and Jonah Hill as two people in a three-day drug trial which promises no complications or side effect whatsoever. Things don't quite go as planned. Um, <laughs> looks very strange show yeah, this. Yes, looks particularly weird if you've seen any trailers for this. Could be very entertaining. Uh, it's called Maniac, that 21st of September for that. Mystery Road comes to BBC4 on 22nd of September at 9pm. It's an Australian cop drama set in a remote outback town. I think it's got a couple of seasons in the bag already for this. I think it's it's coming back for another one. So uh, if you uh, like cop dramas, that's another one. It's quite a good week for cop dramas. That's on the 22nd of September at 9pm. Mystery Road, that's called... And then uh, Black Sails comes to the History Channel for its fourth season, which I think ended a while ago on Amazon, but uh, this is its first TV broadcast. So this is the pirate drama from Michael Bay. I've seen a few episodes of this. It was very good. I just kind of, it's one of those that I just never got around to going back to. 25th of September at 9pm. That's arriving. That's Black Sails to the History Channel. And that's everything for this week, unless you've got anything else you want to put in. Yeah, we're on the uh, verge of having some really good shows coming back the DC shows are coming back in a little bit uh, The Walking Dead is uh, yes. a good place which I'm very very excited for Yes, uh, comes back soon as well um, I did a preview podcast for that a little a little while ago a few weeks ago I just, I just couldn't wait any longer I just <laughs> I just wanted to do it but yeah that, that was pretty good as well they've released the first few minutes on I saw on that YouTube. I haven't actually watched it but uh, yeah I I'm so looking forward I watched it. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to that 28th of September The Good Place arrives on Netflix for season 3 and yes. I, I'm really looking forward to it yeah. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at eTalkUK. Yes, so. go and follow Matt. For us, you can find us obviously at uh, geektown.co.uk throughout the week. If you want to see all the latest news and air date information, there is a lot of stuff going up daily on there. So click checking the UK mm. air dates we're page. That part of the year. So. Yes, we are yeah. in that part of the year. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. You can leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that's all for this week if you're at egx over the weekend i will be around and uh, so will bex if you uh, want to come and find either of us i think bex is on one of the stalls helping a friend out so uh, come and say hello to either of us we will be about at egx in birmingham if you want to go and find us that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.